Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola from clevergirlfinance.com. So on today's episode of the podcast, my guest is the wonderful Jen Hemphill. And Jen is a military spouse. She's also an accredited financial counselor, a money confidence coach, and she hosts her own podcast called Her Money Matters. And she's also the founder of jenhemphill.com. And on this episode, we talked about a ton of stuff. We talked about the fears around money and the guilt associated with money, specifically around spending money that you had planned to spend and how to work through those emotions. Jen shares her upbringing in Colombia and the differences in how she and her husband handled their money when they first got married and what they do now to manage their money successfully. We also talked about mastering your money mindset and that's something that I talk about on this podcast all the time because mastering your money mindset is something that goes hand in hand with mastering those money skills. So it's not enough to just know how to budget and to invest and etc. You also have to have your head in the right space. And so Jen shares some key actions you can take to make things easier when it comes to accomplishing your financial goals while still being able to enjoy your money in the short term. Plus so much more. We talk about a ton of stuff on this episode, so I know you're going to enjoy it. But before we get into the episode, if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, please do leave a review, tell your friends about it and you can subscribe on itunes soundcloud stitcher and you can also listen to episodes on the clever girl finance youtube channel at youtube.com slash clever girl finance and also if it's been a while since you visited my website clevergirlfinance.com head over there i just recently updated my resource library and you can get access to it once you subscribe i have added some new budgeting tools and the end of the year you know right as we get into a new year this is a great time to review the way you budget and rework the way you budget so check out those tools at clevergirlfinance.com and finally if you're in that space where you want to work um, on improving your finances and you want to be surrounded by women who are going to support you on the journey I encourage you to check out my accountability program at clevergirlfinanceacademy.com. So let's get into this episode with Jen. Hey, Jen, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. <laughs> I am excited to be here to be able to chat with you twice. Yes. <laughs> you were on my podcast and that was a lot of fun. And, and now I'm here chatting. Now the tables or the tables are turned, right? Yes, I was on your amazing podcast not too long ago. And now I get to interview you here. <laughs> I'm excited. And for those of you who are curious, I'm going to be sharing the link to my episode with Jen in the show notes. But if you're wondering who Jen is, can you introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, what you do, what your podcast is called. Sure. Absolutely. Well, you know my name, Jen Hempel, and I'm a military spouse. So I'm also a proud bilingual Latina. And basically, I help women who are tired of the traditional money advice gain that renewed sense of control, confidence, and freedom in their financial life. I'm a money confidence coach. I'm also an accredited financial counselor, which is not a financial planner. I always have to add that in. And my podcast is called Her money matters. I love that money confidence coach. <laughs> yes. So let's kind of jump in and I'd love for you to share your personal story and how you got started. Where did her money matters come from? Sure. Well, I grew up and I was born in Colombia, South America, and my parents, I come from a dual cultural background. My father's American. My mom's from Colombia. I was born there, grew up there for a good time of my life. And basically there was a lot of scarcity in, in terms of 
the things that my parents said. So my parents were very, are, were and are very hard workers, but in, and I'm aging myself here in the seventies in Colombia was, it was a very tough time economically for everyone, mm-hmm. uh, in the economy for just, just making ends meet. And it was just a tough time. And I saw that I was, I witnessed that I witnessed that in my parents' discussions. I witnessed that in the things that my parents said to me. So I heard a lot of, we don't have the money. And so that's, and because I heard that I was not one of those kids that asked their parents for money because they already told me they didn't have the money. So I became, I, it really pushed me to become as, as an independent person or as independent as I could be for an elementary and an elementary school kid where at that time I didn't ask for money. If I wanted to do something that needed money, I would babysit. Because at that time, they t- allowed 10-year-olds to babysit uh, little kids. <laughs> so that just, that started like just a journey in money in terms of, well, my parents don't have it. I'm going to be independent and have my own money. And it also forced me or pushed me into becoming a great saver. I didn't get into debt. I came out of college with no debt, no student loans. And that thanks to my parents, they were there to help me and scholarships and those things. And so I always felt good with those money skills, with budgeting, with saving. I was always felt pretty good with those. Then I met my husband. And my husband is the complete opposite of me. He loves to spend, right? And I'm the saver. And I learned that when I met him and in our relationship, I learned that I was more of a money hoarder, if you will, where I (laughs) saved and saved and I was great at saving, but... I didn't want to spend because I didn't, I was afraid back to my childhood to do be without. Right. So, and granted, I know saving is good and I'm not going to tell anybody not to save, especially with what I do, but there's also that fine balance of saving and also enjoying life. Right. Because we go through with personal finance and you are aware that the typical traditional advice is save, save more, spend less, Mm -hmm. get out of debt. Right. So that's basically the messages. But what I see a lot of is that we, uh, women, men, we focus on the money skills, the budgeting, the saving that we lack. We don't see the other parts of the money that we need to be taken care of because money is such an emotional thing. Uh, it drives our decisions sometimes, right? We've had yes. a bad day. We'll go buy some chocolate. No shopping. Or, <laughs> right. So it drives our decisions. And I, that, when I married my husband and when I started seeing those things and that's what started my journey into, okay, I, I, I am good with money on the money skills part, but I also lacked two other components and um, what I call the money headquarters, which are the mindset mm-hmm. and actions, right? Well, granted, when you budget, that's kind of an action, but there's some other actions that we can take as well. So that's what started the journey in really what I wanted to do because I was one of those kids growing up that I loved everything (laughs) under the moon of like, oh, I want to be this. I want to do that. And being a military spouse, 
I was always and moving a lot. I was looking to do something that I could take with me along the way and have a mobile, mobile career. And that's how uh, this started is my own experience with money and just looking for something that I could take with me along the road each for each move. OMG, I love it. (laughs) And it's because as you are speaking, there are so many aspects to what you said that I can personally relate to. And our experiences are different. We have different stories. But at the core of what you're saying, there is so much I can relate to. Um, Similar to you, I didn't come from a family that just had money growing on a tree in our backyard. (laughs) My parents worked really, really hard for their money. And you know, what you said, it comes back to mindset and it comes back to being willing to take the action to succeed with your finances and do something that matters because you and I probably know a lot of people who have made a ton more money than us, mm-hmm. who also did not have any college debt, um, but who didn't do anything or who still haven't done anything and instead have gone the opposite way of racking up debt. So that whole mindset Absolutely. piece is so critical. And, you know, And like I mentioned, our stories are not the same, but I can relate to what you said. And you also talked about, um, you know, you saving, saving, saving when you're when you got married. (laughs) Uh But that's what I did. I was so (laughs) I I mean, I still save, but it was. Yeah, that was an interesting time. (laughs) Yeah. But as women, a lot of us, um, especially when we have the knowledge and the background and we have the mindset, we're actually better savers than men. Right. Mm -hmm. And just like you sometimes and I've shared on this podcast in the past, sometimes I get into that space where I'm a I'm a you know, when I'm spending big amounts of money, like when we're putting money down in our house, you know, different situations, um, I'm afraid to spend because I'm like, oh my God, I think about growing up and what I saw happen to my mother's friends. And, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's still buried there in the back of my head. And it's that fear of, okay, but you're working so hard so that you can create a better life for yourself and for your children. So I'm glad you brought that up because I can definitely relate. Right. And I know my husband always used to say when we had these discussions, I'm like, well, why are you spending? You know, I would have an issue. I'm like, why are you spending? I was afraid. I'm like, are you spending on something? Do we really need it? Because that that was my mentality. If it wasn't an immediate necessary, we didn't need to spend on it. And, And that's how I lived. And that's I mean, granted, yes, to get to to reach some of those financial goals, you're going to have to make sacrifices. Yes. But it doesn't mean that your whole life has to be left lived that way. And so he always, always telling me, this is why I go to work because we go to work to make money. So we, it was basically not to spend it, obviously to, you know, to maintain a roof over our heads and everything, but it was also to enjoy life. Right. So why can't we spend some of this money to enjoy? And he really taught me a lot. <laughs> Being the spender, he taught me a lot about money. Your husband sounds like mine. <laughs> <laughs> So aside from um, being afraid to spend, (laughs) Uh what would you say have been some of your other big challenges around money throughout your journey? Right. I think when spending, it was spending without the guilt. So granted, yes, I had difficulty spending, but there were times where I'm like, I'm going to go shopping for some clothes. Right. But I had a lot of difficulty with that guilt. And I see that with a lot of women that I work with, and I'm sure you probably see this, is that guilt of spending on yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Because naturally by nature, we like to, we're just innately, we take care of others before we take care of ourselves. So it, for me, I would, that's what I would have to say is just spending or doing stuff for me without guilt, 
Yes, I and I can relate because there have been many a times <laughs> when I would have, you know, because I spend my money on not just on planning for my future self and for my family, but I spend my money on myself too. And I have savings account where I put my splurge money in. Yep. And I there are many times where I would have met that savings amount to go splurge on this item or this vacation or these things. And I'll be like, oh my God, it's so much money. Oh my God, you know, I don't need it right now. I can put the money to this, that, this, that, this, that. And I start creating all these excuses and justifications and I start feeling guilty mm-hmm. for wanting to spend the money. And there are many times where I've spent the money. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go return it. I'm going <laughs> to... Wow, yeah. And so I've kind of had to... And I'm a worker in progress with that because... I'm also kind of trying to go this whole minimalist approach with my life Mm -hmm. and I have to create balance where like you said it's not all work 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 it's you still have to be able to enjoy the money you're working for and one of the things I tell myself is that well Bola you actually have planned for this you put this money you created this account you created this savings because you wanted to do this to splurge on yourself or splurge on your kids or whatever so what is your challenge like you have to be able to enjoy the money you work so hard for right right so I know I agree sometimes too and like you you know my husband is a little bit more relaxed and sometimes he ha- even has to re- remind me to treat myself it's like you know we work so hard for this money and we're doing all the right things and sometimes it's okay to just take a chill pill and do something nice right 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 no and, and I agree and he my husband too he's active duty military so he works mm-hmm. hard right yes yes so it definitely it was it was a struggle but uh, over time and uh I probably took, we've been married 17 years and I, I think it took us, it was about the 10 year mark where it was a struggle. And then I hit like this aha moment because it was 10 years after our marriage where we, where I looked at our bank account, where I looked at where we were at financially. And remember, I always felt I was good with money Mm -hmm. that I felt stuck. I felt like what is going on with the bank account? Shouldn't there, shouldn't we have more in investments? Shouldn't we have more in this? And it was just really looking at, I really had this aha moment of, it's not just about the saving. It's not just about the budgeting, but that's when it really, I opened up my eyes to the, to the mindset component and to these other different things, actions that we don't think about, like celebrating those money wins, the yes. importance of an accountability partner, mm-hmm. those type of actions that I, becoming your own chief financial officer and treating your money like a business. Uh, those are the, some of the things that we don't hear a lot about, but are important. And that's when things shifted in our probably 10, 10, 11, year 10 or year 11, somewhere in that time frame where I was just fed up. I'm like, how is it that I'm quote unquote good with money yet? We're not, mm-hmm. we're not seeing the progress we want to be seeing. We saw progress, but we're like, wait a minute, we're still the, we're still tapping into an emergency funds. We, you know, we save, save, and all of a sudden something happens and it's not an emergency, but somehow we rob Peter to pay Paul or whatever the case may be. Right. So it was, it was just an interesting, it's been an interesting journey. And I appreciate that you share that because the truth is that when it comes to your finances, no matter how good you are at money, it's not always a, a perfect 
or a smooth journey and you experienced that, you know, with your husband merging your finances and then going through your marriage and kind of thinking you were good, but still needing to, to step back and take a bigger assessment, take a look at the big picture of how you guys are doing your finances. So thank you for sharing that. So let's kind of shift turn things around and I want you to share what have been your biggest successes because like you said it's important to celebrate those wins for me even though obviously paying off paying debt off was good I didn't have any debt but my husband when we got married he has student loans mm-hmm. so paying that debt off yes was a success but for me the biggest success was finally figuring out a way to manage our money simply. And because usually we think a budget, which yeah, we we need, everyone needs one, but the way the way we're managing money now in terms of, cause there's the envelope system, the cash envelope system, and you can have virtual envelope systems, which is what we do has just been a complete game changer. Because for example, like you were talking about the roof, you were talking about the splurge fund. We have different types of funds that when my husband wants to spend on X, he has it. And the, the issue at hand, what I realized early on in our marriage, it wasn't that it was bad that he was spending that money on whatever it was at that time. It was that the the problem was that it was interfering with the cash flow of what we needed to pay bills and do these other expenses. But when you separate these things, like you mentioned, the splurge fund or house maintenance mm-hmm. or for us travel, those or gifts, gifts is another thing. When you separate those on a monthly basis, it makes life so much easier when it comes to buying. I have two boys and when they were younger, birthday parties was like an every, it felt like an every week thing. <laughs> it just literally felt an every week thing. So that's definitely, that was money constantly. But once I figured out that I could systematize that, meaning think about, for example, the gifts, how much money are we spending on a monthly basis or on a yearly basis and coming up with a monthly number that I literally separate, you know, uh, physically separate to another account. I do these things for the, for those things that are important to us. It's just made life so much easier to manage. Yes, that is, it's about finding your systems and finding what works for you. And that is so critical. And, you know, I'm in that birthday party phase. (laughs) I feel like every weekend, my kids have a birthday party to go to. And honestly, I just put a fixed budget. I'm like, listen, I'm not buying gifts more than 20 bucks. Yep. That's what we, that's what we do. $20. That was, that was our limit. If they're twins like you, then it's $10 for each. <laughs> I have twins. Hey. And, um, one of the challenges, like one of the challenges people tell me is that I'm really trying to budget, but I struggle with budgeting. And like you said, it's finding a system that works for you. Mm-hmm. And once it becomes easy, it changes everything. And I think it's something that everybody goes through. You're going to have to figure out, okay, what banking system works best for me, online or physical banking? What budgeting Mm -hmm. system works best for me? What is the easiest way for me to pay my bills? But when you're starting to think about the like all the different aspects of your finances, you want to think about how do I make it easier for myself? That's the ultimate. Go ahead. 
I can't agree with you more because that's something I talk about all the time. It's not about what that expert is doing, you know, sharing their system. It's about your, what is your system? What makes life easiest for you? And what will you be consistent with, right? What are you going to use on a daily basis or a weekly basis, depending on what tools and just be consistent with, but it's all about keeping it simple for you. I can't agree more with you. Absolutely. And sidebar, you talked about paying off student loans, your husband, Mm -hmm. and a lot of women that, and you probably get this in your space too, a lot of women I talk to, they, in their minds, tell themselves that their student loans are so enormous, they cannot pay off this 25000 I cannot pay off this 50000 I cannot pay off this 100000 They feel like it's so enormous that in their minds, they kind of put this mental block against those student loans as an Mm -hmm. impossibility. Um. What would you say to someone like that? Because it's very common. Right. It is very common. And what I would say is use a, there's a tool that I always use with my clients that's called, it's a free tool. It's called powerpay.org. And, um, well, it's called, you can find it at, it's called PowerPay. You can find it at PowerPay.org. And what I like about it is we have all these different tools available to us. You know, tech is like, always evolving. There's always something new, but sometimes it always disappears. (laughs) I've had that with some of the tools that I've recommended, but this one hands, hands down, it's not beautiful, but it does the job. And when you use a tool like PowerPay that it allows you to input your your total amount that you owe, your minimum payment, the interest rate, when you put that in there, it allows you to calculate the month, day, and year of when with that particular scenario doing just the minimum payment that you will pay that off. So you basically have your debt payoff date, right? And then from there, you can play around and say, what if I had an extra $50 a month? or $100 a month, uh, what would that do to that debt payoff date? And it also shows the interest save and everything, but I, I'm just using the debt payoff date as a, an example. So you play around with that and you will see what even $50 a month, how much it will change, right? Or even $100. You would think that you would need hundreds and hundreds of dollars extra every month. Granted, it depends on what you, how fast you want to pay it off. But even just adding that $50 that we can easily, depending on your financial situation, find if we're not going to Starbucks a lot. Like uh, I know I have been guilty in the past or uh, given into those, um, splurges, we can find $50 somewhere, somewhere eating out, right? Eating out. It's a huge expense uh, that we can apply towards those student loans and hands out using a tool like that, because I, because you don't know what it's going to take, that tool is going to allow you to do that, right? It's going to allow you to play around and say, what will $50 do? How will that change the bottom line in terms of when will I be able to pay it off? how much interest am I going to save, right? So that using a tool like that will help tremendously. I love it. And it's all about taking advantage of the tools that you have that are going to guide you. So you may have $100,000 in student loans and you're like, oh my God, I have no idea if it's going to, if I'm ever going to be able to pay it off, but putting Mm -hmm. it in the two and seeing realistically, okay, I can create a five-year plan around this based on my income, based on starting a side hustle, based on sacrificing temporarily. I can get out of this debt in three years, in five years, in two years. That can make all the difference to adjusting your mindset. 
Right. And it also allows using a tool like that also allows for you to granted, you can put in the amount that you're able to do, but once you're seeing the immediate results Mm -hmm. of it, you're going to be negotiating with yourself, if you will, to, Oh, this is the impact it's having. Maybe I can put a little more. So you're going to be more mindful of your spending of what you're doing with your money because you're wanting to have a bigger impact and get out of debt faster. And that's what I find a lot of people do. Absolutely. That's really important. Yeah. So, okay, let me ask you this. So we've kind of talked about some of the things that are holding women back when it comes to being successful with their money. So, you know, their mindset, um, finding systems that work make make managing their money easier we talked about some other things but Mm -hmm. what are some of the most common issues that you encounter and what corrective actions do you think that as women we should we need to start taking to turn our money stories around that's a great question i think the biggest issue that i see is confidence a lack of confidence Day in and day out, when I talk to clients or potential clients before they become clients, uh, they share with me the struggles or what they're not doing right with money, right? But they, as I talk to them and ask them questions and dive deeper into their money situation, they're not realizing the great things that they are doing with money. So it's about confidence as about claiming the great, the great things that you do and that the, the skills or your, your strengths, uh, with your money, it's really boils down to that and things to really rectify it is really uh, celebrating money wins. I'm huge about, I'm huge Mm -hmm. on celebrating those money wins uh, or just wins in general, because the beauty with celebrating, it doesn't matter if you found a $5 bill uh, or if you found a penny or if you paid off some debt or uh, maybe you stopped yourself from uh, going to Starbucks, whatever, whatever it is, big or small, celebrate. Because what happens with that, it allows this to create like this domino effect of confidence because you you celebrate it, you feel good, you're going to keep motivated to take more action, right? So you take more action and with the action leads to results and those results increases your confidence, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, and that's, you know, that's really a a huge one is just sell it. I don't see that a lot. And it's it's a simple thing. Yeah. (laughs) And I know it maybe it seems simple and I'm like, ah, that's not going to work. But seriously, just taking some time in your day or in your week to what did I do right with money? Mm -hmm. Don't focus on what you didn't get done. Don't focus, oh my goodness, I wasn't able to make an extra payment towards a credit card. Don't focus on that, but rather, what did you do right? Yes, that's really important. And one thing that I find, you know, money is such a touchy subject, especially amongst us women. We talk about everything. We talk about, you know, getting our hair done, relationships, Mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff, outfits, but money is just like, I don't know. It's so... and. Personally, I've, you know, the part about celebrating um, your wins, I can see how a lot of people don't do it as much because in my experience, you know, when I was younger, I would share, oh my God, I made this accomplishment. I reached my money goal. I saved $100,000. I would get people who would judge me for doing mm-hmm. good with my money. Oh, well, isn't that good for you? Oh, well, it's because you don't have to loans. Oh, well, it's because... um 
you it's because you you have a good job it's it's all these justifications they'll give you why good for you that you're celebrating but not so great for me and (laughs) the one thing I learned very quickly is that you can still share your wins Mm -hmm. you want to be mindful about who you share them with true and even if you're sharing them generally you want to understand that people are going to project what they can't accomplish onto you absolutely and there a lot of people are not going to try to because at the end of the day your story your your saving story what you have in your bank account all that stuff is never going to be exactly the same as that person who is telling you their story but it's what can you glean from it right and a lot of people are not willing to glean anything because they're again projecting their own mental limitations and it's not your problem right so if you're listening and you're struggling with sharing your wins find like-minded people Mm, absolutely even if you want to share your wins far and wide which is what i do now (laughs) (laughs) don't take it personal grow thick skin you can't take it personal because there's always going to be that person that's going to try to discourage you and then when you think about sharing your win the next time you're going to be like oh you know what i'm just going to keep that to myself but share your wins yeah, and, and and with an accountability per, partner or partners, like you said, uh, surround yourself with like-minded people. People are always willing to help, right? And they'll help celebrate with you, especially those the that are in that game, same game, in the same mindset as you that are in in the going through. They're really like-minded, right? They're thinking the same things as you in terms of what they want to accomplish. But you're right; I have seen so many. And I haven't been huge in terms of sharing like those uh, money wins like you, which I think is fantastic that you do. But I have seen where people will say, I paid off my debt in mm-hmm. six months. And and people were like, well, of course you did, but no one can do. Maybe you were gain, where, um, earning more income than I was. But it's about sharing your story and your story is your story, right? It's, it's only yours. It's personal to you. And it's about celebrating people. Yeah. Yeah. And I share with the hopes to encourage and motivate. That's my goal. Like, because I, I have listened to when I was getting into that phase of understanding how my money worked, understanding all these things and saving and learning about investing, I was immersing myself in other people's success stories. And to me, it was, oh my God, if this person could do it, then I can do it. And it was just gleaning whatever they were saying from their stories that I could take and make applicable to my current situation to help me get to that next level. Um, I didn't expect anyone to have a secret for me that would make it like magic, ta-da, money in the bank. But it was <laughs> it was more like, okay, what can I learn? My, my situation is not the same as this person. You know, we're not the exact we don't have the exact story, but what can I take away? And I, that's my hope when I share my stories that um, it motivates someone else and it encourages somebody else. Right, right. And there's something about something to be said with stories. And as you mentioned, you were looking for to learn something from them. And if we just listen to people's stories, there's maybe, like you said, they don't share the same story, but there may be some slight message in that story that you relate to that you were like, wow, that is powerful. And, and it's about listening for those things that, like you said, that you can apply to your situation. Absolutely. And one thing I just wanted to add and See if you agree with me, but I find that mm-hmm. I got my 
money confidence, (laughs) (laughs) money confidence coach. I got my money confidence when I, I guess it added to it when I got educated about my money because Mm. I know the subject. I know what works for me. I know what doesn't work for me. I've seen countless examples of other people's situations. Um, I educated myself and that was just reading books. Um, I've taken classes. I've, you know, case studied other successful people. Warren Buffett is a classic case study. If anyone's Mm -hmm. looking for someone to just sit down and spend hours figuring out what they did, he has, his whole life is online. But, and (laughs) once I started gathering information even now I continue to learn you know I'm confident I can have a conversation about money and I can share my wins knowing that I'm doing the right thing for my future self and for my family so I firmly believe that part of your money confidence comes from having the knowledge because that knowledge gives you power and it you know it makes you you just know what you're doing is right you're not going to second guess yourself because you know you know better Absolutely. I I'll, I strongly believe definitely in that you do need to have that education. Do you have to have a formal education in personal finance? I mean, yeah. it would help, yeah. but just listening to you, there's so many resources out there from podcasts like yours, like mine to there's a whole bunch of personal finance podcasts, a ton blogs. Uh, there's so many stories out there that if you just immerse yourself, you're going to learn. And I know I, I get a lot of questions in terms of, I don't do investment advice, but some women, but I don't want to learn um, all the investment. You don't have to learn it all, but you need to know enough yep. to be dangerous, if you will, right? Not dangerous in a bad <laughs> way, but just know enough that when you go and talk to a financial advisor, those type of things that you are under, you understand what they're saying. Or, but this also, in hindsight too, there's also their job to talk to you. Um, it don't not to necessarily use all those lingo, those terms that uh, or those acronyms and all that stuff. But it's it's also on you to educate yourself at least enough to yeah. have that understanding when you're talking to let's say about a personal uh, financial advisor on investing and all that. But yes, I, I agree. You you de- definitely need to have some knowledge. Immerse yourself. There's so many books as well. So many personal finance books that you can get into that that will give you guidance that will educate you that will give you some aha moments that will give you inspiration mm-hmm. as well, which yeah. inspiration is huge in my book. Absolutely. And think about it like, you know, learning a language, like for instance, I speak German. Um, I don't speak um, perfect German, but I speak enough to the point where if I was in Germany or in Austria, I can never get lost. You can never swindle me or take advantage of me. (laughs) (laughs) You're not going to get one over on me. I can have a conversation with you and I may not be able to pull out a German dictionary and tell you all the complex, you know, words I can't, may not be able to explain them to you, but I know enough that if you broke it down to me, I would understand. And I know enough to tell you exactly what I want and where I'm trying to get to and what I need to buy, you know? So it's the same with your finances. You don't have to know everything about investing, but you just have to know enough so that when you sit down with the expert in that area, you can say, these are my goals. These are my objectives. And when they start telling you nonsense, you can call BS right away. Mm -hmm. No, that's (laughs) that's not going to work for me. No, I love that analogy. (laughs) 
<laughs> so Jen, what is your favorite um, personal finance book? Oh my goodness. Uh, there's a, how am I going to choose this one? Because <laughs> I, I have various. I, I know my personal finance journey in terms of books. The book that really started it all is Suze Orman and her book with women and money. That started all. I, I know with Suze Orman, some people love her, some people hate it hate her or have ill feelings about her, but really that's what started it because she gave me a good foundation in terms of what I need to learn more about. And I think in a I think the other one, um, can I have, I have several more, um, Dave Ramsey, the, the ultimate, what is it? Um, money makeover, the money makeover, total was, money makeover. Yeah. The total money makeovers was huge for me. Um, because it gave me, even though I knew a good portion of those things, it, that's, at that portion of my life, that was a 10, 11 year mark that I was telling you about where we kind of, where my mind was just opened up to new things. The, the reading that book, we were, I'll tell you a story. We were moving, we were PCSing to another location. So we are on a long road trip from the East, no, from the Midwest to North Dakota. I call it the North pole. And in that road trip, I was reading that because I'm like, okay, let me read a Dave Ramsey book. I hadn't read one at that point. And it allowed me at that time, I was managing my finances like I'd always was. And it allowed me to think outside the box in terms of he's big on the cash envelope system. I don't like using cash, but that's, Mm -hmm. you know, it really, you have to know yourself. And I was like, well, why can't I have a virtual envelope system? Why can't I have the same thing, but virtually with different accounts? And that's what changed how we manage. That's how we found our system is through, is just thinking outside the box, if you will. Not that there's other people that do do these things, but I didn't even think to do that before then. So it was from reading the book that talked about cash envelope systems that I started a virtual envelope system for a family. And that really changed things. And the most recent one that I think is more for mindset, uh, Jen Sincero, uh, she has a book that it's, you, you make money like a badass. I hope that was okay to say. I think um, it's, yeah, I, I love that book. It's you're a badass at making money. That, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that one is a, is a more recent one, but that that is a great, great book. If you're really wanting to work on your mindset, it's a great book to read or Audible has it to it and you can listen to it. I mean, I love personal finance books and for me, it never gets old because people are like, don't you get tired of reading them? I love reading new perspectives. I love reading old perspectives, even if it's stuff that I already know. It's just, it's like something, we all have that thing that never gets gets old. For me, it's finance books and the movie, My Cousin Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> I watched that movie a billion times. Oh my goodness. That's I so know funny. all the lines, all the lines to the movie. But again, personal finance books are, it's just you know, it's part of, and I'll take it back to the whole language analogy. It's part of, you know, you want to learn something, you want to be, you want to grow in something, then it requires continuous immersion and books and, you know, reading personal finance books is my way of continuous immersion. And there's all kinds of books, there's different levels to finance books, but 
there's so many good ones. And you, you mentioned some great ones. Susie's book is awesome, regardless of what people think about her right now <laughs> or the trajectory of her business right now. None of that. That is a solid book, Women and Money. And I recommend mm-hmm. it too. That's an awesome book. Um, so Jen, let me ask you this. What is your Clever Girl superpower? <laughs> I would say is... I'm a good listener. So when I listen to people, I'm able, and when they're down or when they're feeling lousy about themselves, especially about their money, I can pick out their strengths. I can pick out the amazing things that are they are doing with money or in life in general and just literally shift their, um, their mood uh, into a, a more confident one. I love it. And you are a good listener. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, from me rambling on on your podcast. Anyway, that's how I know that. (laughs) It was great. It was so much good stuff. But this has been such an awesome conversation, Jen. And I'd love for you to share how people who are listening and keep in touch with you, as well as any last words of advice you want to share to the women who are listening. Well, as far as the last words of advice is just to own what you're doing. Keep going. No, really reflect on what the things that you are doing right and, and, and keep pressing because you've got this. And in terms of uh, keeping in touch with me, you can just go to jenhempill.com. That's where you can uh, learn more about me, what I do, and uh, learn more about the podcast. Awesome. And I'll be sure to put the links to our podcast episode, your website, the podcast, the books we talked about, and the tool that you had mentioned. I'll put all of that in the show notes for those of you who are listening. Thank you so much, Jen, for being here. This has been such an awesome conversation. I love talking with you. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I appreciate you for being here. Thank you so much for listening. And if you did enjoy what you listened to, please, please subscribe, tell a friend, and you can subscribe again on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and also you can listen to episodes on the Clever Girl Finance YouTube channel. I'll be back again soon with a brand new episode. Thanks, guys.